I am just the worst because of this. So at that point, I was I rock bottom. It's impossible. There's no Because for a long time, I was always blaming myself. Like, this is all my fault. I started this. just had the this. mindset of, like, I'm never going to overcome this, you know? Like, I, I, I was giving in and letting Satan beat me into the ground. He's a terrible kid who has to go to a Like, I failed. Like, I got this plan that I'm losing a really horrible battle. Really, in that moment that, that you're at that rock bottom stage, that you have a fork in the road, and you are forced to choose. And I chose to fight, and I choose to fight today, and I'll choose to fight tomorrow, because winning is worth it. I just feel like the man right now. I'm fighting for my life, man. And now I fight to live. I don't just fight to live, dude. I fight to live the best life I can. You're going to recover from this. And if I can do this, you can do it. It's like the start of a race, and that adrenaline's pumping, and you're like, let's go. Let's get going, because today, I change. And nothing, not even the armies of hell themselves, will stop me. I am a warrior. I'm a provider, presider, protector. Satan is our enemy. Not alone. Whatever it I takes. fight with fury. Let's go. We will win this war. Don't mess with us. Buenos días. Buenos días. Buenos. Y bienvenido. Al podcast del Guerrero Eterno. Ahora bien. Stop. Okay. No. Oh. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Can I just for, tell you? For our English-speaking listeners. Can I, just, can I just tell you, though? Porfa. Really quick, before sí. we even say hello to everyone. That is a real thing. In any church movie in Spanish, everybody's voice is just Insane. Do you remember in these? Oh, Cody? Yeah. oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. For sure. Oh, like, it's like, it's like really dramatic. And it's so true. anyways, it's good. Novella it's, plus. Novella. Yeah, they, yes. they, they, they love that. Anyway, for our English speaking <laughs> audience, welcome to the Eternal Warrior podcast, helping young people in their quest for self mastery, sharing stories from the battlefront in the war against Satan and pornography. Mm. Mm. Recapping from last week, thanks oh. for for uh, tuning in with um, with Zane. Oh, dude, a warrior in many senses of the word. Seriously, though, a soldier, legit, like a yeah, in the real, he's in a the real in the real world. Hurrah. Yes. Yep. Is that a, is that the Marine? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Sorry, write us at life changing or what is it? Podcast at lifechangingservices.org. <laughs> if that's not if our ser- service groups are. Not correct. So, hoorah! <laughs> yeah, don't they? Like hoorah! Yeah, yeah. Warrior. Okay. What, what is ours for the podcast? Do we have like? I a, think it's like a giggle of sorts. It's not intimidating. <laughs> it's it's, it's like, not very intimidating. Not really cool. No, it's cool. It's just not intimidating. It's more like, you know, Sesame Street cool. <laughs> like Elmo cool, which is pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get cooler. <clears throat> so let's. Uh, <laughs> is that the one no yeah okay what, what were your big takeaways from Zane Spence so uh, I would have to think about it let me think about it okay um what I liked about our conversation with Zane is he attributes all of the success in his life to putting a priority on on addressing the addiction Mm. And all the blessings that he's receiving are as a result of, of living the commandments and and doing what the Lord has asked him to do. And I thought that was really mature of him. 
It is. And I feel like adding to that, he, he said something really beautiful about his journey, how there was no, no mistake. Like, of course there were mistakes made, but it was all for a greater purpose. Like he's talked about how God's hand was in it, even in the down times, even in the crap that like you would think. And especially when you're in the moment, when you're in that, you've lost a few battles or Mm -hmm. whatever you're going through, you just think I've, I've messed it all up. I've ruined my shot. It's, it's over. But seeing now being able to look back through his journey and seeing where he is now, I mean, his perspective so was his perspective was really powerful in that he like when we asked him you know what has the addiction taught you he said you know I think I'm almost grateful for it and I think what he really means when he's saying that is he's grateful for the blessing and opportunity to change through the atonement of Jesus Christ <sighs> that you know someone that who has gone through what we consider one of the most heinous and worst sins to emerge and to to change and to be able to help others with the same challenges is, I don't know. It's, it was, it was inspiring to me. It's beautiful. And in fact, I had a conversation with my sister today on the phone, which we were talking about this very same thing, whether it's pornography or any other challenge that you're going through. What's beautiful is to see the darkness and to feel it and for it to be so real so that you can experience such light. I would not appreciate how I feel right now as much as I do without having been where I've been. Right? Like there's, Mm -hmm. it's just, it gives me this appreciation for good and appreciation for uh, life in a different Mm -hmm. way than I never ever thought was possible. And speaking of appreciation, we collectively have great appreciation for our team here at Life Changing Services and Whoa. for our sponsor, Cody Haas. What a segue. <laughs> <laughs> so happy you're listening to the Eternal Warrior Podcast. There's not a week that goes by where a warrior hasn't shared how the Eternal Warrior Podcast has helped them win a battle. My name is Cody Haas, and I'm a licensed therapist who helps those dealing with sexual addiction betrayal trauma, trauma in general, marital recovery, and mental illness. Over the years, I've gathered resources to help those who desperately want to get to a better place. If you feel you're in need, please reach out to me by calling 385-519-6089 to set up an initial assessment. Once again, 385-519-6089. God bless you on your journey, my friend, and keep listening to Wes and Spenny. And remember, if you're doing things like listening to the Eternal Warrior podcast, you're increasing your power and resilience. Remember the power you feel while you listen to Wes and Spenny and replicate it daily by going and doing the things they share. You got this. Thank you (laughs) for your awesome podcast. Cody Haas, which I guess Cody's here. Not only only in an ad form, not only an ad form, but true true to life. In Man, physical presence. I get to be here with you Dude. guys. I'm telling you, Cody, it like awesome. the, the episodes, and I was saying this before we recorded, but when you're here, the podcast has so much strength. It hurt. It hurts. Mm. It's painful to endure. So my strength 
Strength. Strength. <laughs> wow, I did the not strength. say that well. <laughs> My strength. My strength. It's it's painful. Yeah. And the, so and much the, strength that it just it it goes around and just hits you. Yeah. Like a most, rock. Right to the kids. The kidneys. The kids. <laughs> right to the kids. Right. So we've got we've got Cody with us this week. Cody, as always, is one of the licensed cl- clinicians here at at Life Changing Services, friend of the show and, and sponsor and personal friend to Spencer and I. We love him very much. He's taught us so much about our brains, mm-hmm. about how to fight um, on our own terms in our battles against Satan and has been there for us. And we, we welcome you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've also got another friend here, Hayden, has Dude. joined the show. And um, we want to talk about strength. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. a specimen of a man. I know. I don't think. And I know we say that, but like, no. I feel like we like work in a gym sometimes. No, I seriously believe that any warriors that are fighting pornography also must be real life warriors yeah. because this guy pumping the iron. Uh, anyways, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome. Do we like give him like a sure? Thanks, class for, thanks our, for having me on. <laughs> Good, man. Awesome. <laughs> so, how did I, I'm curious to know how you and Cody met each other. I don't think you heard this part. They told me before. Oh, really? Check this out. You're, I missed you're it. About to, I must have been. You're about to crap your pants. <laughs> what? Too much. Okay. Too much. <laughs> you're about to have a good time. I, <laughs> Go for it. Uh, yeah. I've, so I've been, um, I guess, participating in Memroni for, um, it's been almost a year now. Nice. And um, I just, I'd kind of gone in and out of group and I just felt like I needed a a change and so I was listening to your guys' podcast. What? That is amazing. Sweet. And um yeah, it's Cody's ad on the podcast and I thought I'm I just kind of need a little change of pace and uh the the people that I had met with before, like I love them, I still do. I um amazing and you know, I have contributed to just helping really change my life. But at that moment I just needed a little refresh, you know, those times in your life. Yep. And a little one on one attention I don't know. For me personally, sure. it was a game changer. Yeah, definitely. Because the and group is amazing, right? You're getting like a lot of synergy. What was your experience like going from like a group? Was it group with Menomarone? You were doing like a group. I had setting? done group and individual oh, okay. therapy, and um, and again, like I I looked, loved my experience with that, but I just I felt like I needed a little bit of a you know a refresh mm-hmm. and a reset. And I've I've um, done individual therapy for several years, pretty consistently. And that's kind of how Cody and I connected. Yeah, I just I reached out after hearing an ad. So cool. It works. Yeah, that's fun. Were you as excited about that as I was? I, I, yes, I'm, I'm you guys, you. thank you. But I, <laughs> I, I have feelings. I promise. <laughs> I have feelings. I promise. Oh man, uh, I would be curious to hear Hayden about just you in general. I mean, just so that the audience knows, really quick, you're in sales. Yep. You're, you're selling some some control for the pests, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, how did you get into all that? I mean, what was that story like? Um, I think I play pest control more than I sell. It's like a, it feels like a sport to me, and I love sports. I grew up okay. playing sports. Damn, uh, let's go. Absolutely love sports. What'd you play? I played football, basketball, ran track. Nice. Through track, more than ran track. Through um, the, the disc, yeah, shot disc, yeah. cool. all three. Yeah, uh-huh. okay, triple threat. And the uh, triple threat. So I just I've loved sports. Um, and in well, Texas, is that right? I live in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, okay. that's, are you, that's where I live currently. Are you from? 
I'm from New Mexico originally, from Albuquerque. So I grew up in Albuquerque. The ABQ. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, grew up in Albuquerque. Lived there for most of my life. I went to BYU before uh, I served a mission. Go Cougs. Went on a mission to... Yeah, go Cougs. Went on Did a mission to... Uh, or So I, I went to BYU to walk on, um, to be a preferred walk on, and I ended up getting cut from the football team, but... That's a story in and of itself, but it all worked <laughs> out the way it was Bronco. supposed to. <laughs> and uh, it was right at the end of his tenure there. And then um, uh, went on a, a mission to uh, Argentina and came home. Dude. And after I, when I came home, uh, I was just um, very much hurting for money, really. <laughs> and so that's how I got it. That's how I got into sales. But that's, yeah, just I've, I've done it for seven years now. Cool. This is going on seven years and. I mostly coach and train um, salesmen, and but I also am in the that's field with them training. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's Whoa. awesome. Cool. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so it's a fun, it's a fun game, and I definitely, I really it's like this. There's just, there's just really neat synergy going on right now <laughs> in the room. You can feel it. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I that's what I do for work. That's what I, I um, my hobbies include the gym and spending time with my wife. Dude, nice. How long have you been married? <laughs> I've been married for four years. Dude, awesome. just over Great. four years now. Any ninos? No kids yet. No ninos. Nope. Okay. No kids okay. yet. Dude, but that's uh, so cool. Yeah, and we—I've lived in Texas for two years, and I—I I travel here for work, so I'm here pretty frequently in Utah. But that's pretty much my life. It's—it's it's boring, but it's uh, no, no, no. It's at the same time no, eventful. No, nothing's boring <laughs> in, big, in Big D. <laughs> that's true. That's right. And Big D, as in Big Dallas. Yep. Correct. Nothing's mm-hmm. boring there. No way. We're, we're super fortunate to have you here. Seriously, we appreciate you taking time. I know you, you know, while you're traveling for business, you probably have a lot of appointments and things to do. And so it means a lot for you to come here and share your story. Happy to be here, guys. Seriously, Seriously. your podcast has been really huge for me. So thank you. Well, we would love to hear from you. How did pornography become a part of your life? Can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, for me, it's entered into my life at a very young age. I'm the oldest of five boys and... Uh, I think it it came into my life before it was even on my parents' radar to warn me against it, or you know, um, yeah, really. So I was I was very young, like six, seven, or eight years old, and like in that in that range. And uh, I just you know it was just um, what can I say? That's when it came into my life, really. Yeah. And it was it was really a part of my life until probably I was fourteen or fifteen years old, mm-hmm. and just out of a really sheer will and turning to the Lord, was able to um, get it out of my life until for a consistent amount of time until I served a mission from probably fifteen years old to um, to well after my mission. Very cool. So, was that really quick? Was that yeah. with? Help or was that just like you and no? And God? It was not with help for at least mortal help, really. I guess <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it yeah. was like mortal help besides you know myself. And my my dad was really supportive too, and um, very very helpful in understanding that way. But in terms of like therapy, counseling, consistently meeting with um, a, a bishop, it wasn't. It was like I like got good at white knuckling until <laughs> until I felt like I had it quote unquote under control. And then I, you know, would go talk to people about it. And that was kind of the cycle until I was able to beat it before um, my mission. But then I just got, I just got really, really into the, uh, God and the gospel really <laughs> from that mm-hmm. time till before my mission. And, um, that's, I th- attribute that sobriety to, to that really. Yeah. Dude. Wow. So Super that's, that's cool. kind of how I, that's how it entered yeah. into my life. Really. Did, yeah. Did you feel like, 
pornography as a teenager. We, we have a lot of really sure. young listeners. Do you feel like pornography was ever like a social thing for you or was it like, I mean, did, did you have friends introduce you to anything or did you feel like it was kind of like, yeah, this is something I don't want anybody to know about. And I'm sure yeah. um, I would say a mix of both. So it started that way. Uh, yeah. Well, it didn't start that way. It started with me experimenting, dabbling in it when yeah. I was just, when I was really young. But then I did have friends in the kind of the, in the middle of that time, like, you know, 12, 13 uh-huh. years old that um, exposed me more to it. And so it, it kind of was social, but most of my use, I think, was really uh, in, in the, the, dar- the darkest hours, yeah. you know, in the just very, very um, kept secret. Yeah. You know. And how did it come up with your dad then? Um, my dad is amazing at, uh, I mean, he's the most loving, caring, understanding individual in ever. And he was just really good at always asking questions and feeling, make, helping me feel like I could open up to him about anything. And Mm -hmm. I think he knew the whole time I was struggling with it, but there was just one time he came to me and he was like, Hey, I, I have a feeling that we need to talk about what, what's going on. And. Um, I'm here. I'd love for you to open up whenever you're ready. It was wasn't that, like, was that later or was that early on? It was, uh, 12, 13, 14 oh. years old. So probably 12, like in, in that early, like yeah. the Deacon, Deacon stage, you know? <laughs> um, and, Dude. but, the, and that's when he, he was just like, but it was, it was, what was cool is that he, he approached it in that way of not like, Hey, we need to talk about this right now. Like you're in trouble type of thing, but more of like, when you're ready to talk about this, I want you to like, I'm here to listen. What was that? What was that like for you when having someone that was so non-judgmental and just awesome approaching you with such a harsh oh, behavior, and they're just like loving no matter what? It it that act itself, I think, destigmatized it for me in a way. You know, mm. um, I because in in my in my mind, like in secret, would knew that it was it was wrong, the very nature of it, obviously, but um, the deviance at least, but. Um, the him approaching it that way made me feel like oh like this is something that i just need help with and i'm i'm me myself like there's nothing wrong with me and he wants to help me and so it just that itself i think the way he cared and like love and acted that way made me feel like it was I can talk. I could talk about it. Dude, I could kind of detach myself back, from right? the the yeah. thing itself. Does that make sense? Which, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And thinking about it from being in the addiction, the thought is, if he knew, he wouldn't feel the same way. So immediately, yeah. when he asks that, when he says, "Hey, whenever you're ready," immediately you're like, "Oh, he feels the so same way about me." Right? Yeah, yeah. He still exactly. Feels, he still yeah. feels the same way about. It. He knows about it, and yet we're still cool. Yeah. For some reason, yeah. we think that man, our whole world, people are just gonna friggin' like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Parents, bishops, leaders that are listening to this, take a page from Hayden Hayden's old man's playbook. Like seriously, that's how to do it. That's and, insane. And we cool. know that a lot of twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old, fourteen-year-old boys aren't gonna take license from your understanding. They're not gonna take license to give in. They're just gonna take. Dude, I've got a guy, a, a mainstay person in my life that I can go to at any time when I'm struggling or if I have have lost a battle. And that is so comforting for the little addicted mind. 
You know, it's already I, struggling I know it's huge in, for me. In, yeah. in general. I think, right? I think of that wow. juxtaposed against my own experience and some of the other people that we've had um, on our on our podcast that oftentimes if that conversation is ever had from a parent or or a trusted mentor or an adult, it, it often happens so much later. And like the parent probably knew as early as, as your dad did. But there's so much fear. I know in our episode mm-hmm. with our moms, my mom was counseled by her friends to like, don't talk about it, don't bring it up, because that'll just bring up curiosity and stuff like that. And that was a prevailing false thing at the time. But um, man, just good on your dad. That's absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, game changer right there for sure. So really quick, finishing the story from from mission to now, what did that look like? And when was it like, okay, whoa, I need to get some help outside of just like, ah, my knuckles are so freaking white. I can't even, <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does make a lot of sense, yeah. Um, uh, so, okay, so I get home from my mission, and really that, so like my experience with my dad really, you know, drove me to um, at least be able to open, be open with him, but then also in my own way develop disciplines that allowed me to stay close to the Lord. And I just, I was like, in, at, throughout the rest of high school, as I was experiencing sobriety, I was just on fire, like felt so good mm-hmm. and confident. And I mean, I played better in sports. I yes. like... It impacts your entire life. Yeah, church was amazing and fun and awesome. And, like, I loved being a good friend to people around me and in my community. And being able to be present for them, for, like, friends. Yeah. I was, and I was the pillar for them in a lot of ways for what they were struggling with, you know? And that just felt, it felt so good. And so I carried that into my mission. Even as I struggled through things with, like, the disappointment of, you know, going to BYU to play football. That's why I went to BYU not playing. That was like a huge, mm-hmm. it, it seems so stupid now, like tragedy for, for me, you know. Um, it's a huge deal at the no, time, though. For sure. And for people who like experience that know that yeah. it really is. Of but, course. Are you kidding? You know, everybody has their version of that. And for me, that was that was just so, it was so difficult. But I met a couple people along the way that really helped me through that and stay close to the Lord and like really begin to like go to the temple, love the temple went on my mission just was man I just felt like I, I loved my mission um, I'm one of those guys that talks about a mission and it's you know everybody else that didn't didn't like go all in on their missions thinks that they're you know cliche or whatever but I just <laughs> love it I loved it so much and you know so I come home and I'm just like porn is not even on my radar like none of that is even on my radar as I get home even for like about a year almost a year and a half and uh, and then slowly my habits just began to wane. I didn't stop reading my scriptures. I didn't stop praying, but they began to be like boxes that I would check rather than things that I would do meaningfully. Mm. And I just, I felt like, you know, slowly that I kind of just started to drift away from the spirit and from the things that I, I said I cared about most. Um, and then just that kind of built up and uh, I lost a battle and was just devastated um, going through some relationship trouble, uh, you know, all the, mm. the stress of that and school and work just all mounted at once, oh. you know? And so I just lost the battle and, uh, and, and so that was, you know, devastating, but I immediately went to my Bishop and sought help for that. I never became as addicted as I was prior to my mission when it was like, 
you know, the like, I can't even get away from this for like hours at a time. It was never like that after my mission. So I kind of have experienced both of those worlds, you know, it was more of like, I would, I would lose a battle. I would, um, go talk to my priesthood leaders. I would get back on my habits again. And then again, slowly and surely like this cyclical process over one, two months. And then those times would shorten from two to three months to, you know, one month to a couple weeks. And then as, as it got to where like, um, I was, I was engaged to my now wife. Um, I, while we were engaged, I lost the battle. And I just remember thinking like, I, I need, you know, help for this beyond just going and talking to my priesthood leaders. And so I, that's when I started going to therapy, uh, and getting individual help. And, um, and so I just, I opened up to my wife about it. We talked about it and she was really understanding and super loving and helpful. And then, and then I got married and we, you know, I was really good. It had, didn't lose battles for a really long time. And then, uh, a couple of years ago, um, it kind of entered back into my life again. And again, that like long, but cyclical process that began yep. to shorten and shorten. And the so accordion of it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Seriously. And so, so from there I, I thought like, I, I, um, I'm, I'm going to get help and I'm going to do this the right way. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do this for me and my family, my future family, because this is, I just, ref- I don't, this is not going to become a part of my life again. I've got and a I question just kind of, for you. you know, raise my flag there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you, first off, thanks for, for walking us through that experience. Yeah. I think something I can certainly relate to. I know Spence can oh, and dude. probably dozens of our listeners, but that erosion of habit and mm-hmm. kind of that, that entropy of, of effort that we all experience of, you know, we have these highs of like, yeah, this is it. That's the last time until it's not, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Why do you think that happens? And why did that happen to you? Oh, I, I can answer maybe for me, Cody probably knows why it actually really happens. <laughs> but well, like, uh, yeah, for, that's kind of why I wanted to, it's very yeah. unique to everybody. Right. But like, yeah, go ahead. No, the, put my two cents. <laughs> for, well, for me, it was a mix of detrimental perfectionism. <laughs> and, uh, and so, I I like to think I'm a disciplined person and I very much enjoy like when I'm in the disciplined routines I'm like love it you know like I very much enjoy it <laughs> dude but I'm but I'm also <laughs> why you thrive in the mission right it's yeah, so yeah. And, right yeah. yeah that and why I love like competitive sports yeah, and why I love so, sales and why I love the gym requires so much discipline and like and when you perfect that craft there's nothing better dude it's a really good feeling yeah and the and the conquering of that uh, you know aspects of it along the way but there's also this like like I said detrimental perfectionism for me that was um when those habits would wane even the slightest I would begin to be really judgmental and harsh on myself and so over time as those habits, as I would just kind of go in and out of, of the habits themselves, um, you know, and maybe get like read my scripture for less time than normal. I would, I would start judging myself for that. And so I think Satan over time was just constantly speaking yeah. in my ear. Like, yeah, you're not, like, like, if, you, if you don't have to you do it at all, that, then you yeah. can't be judged for it. Right. Exactly. Something. Yeah. Oh, mm. so, so really I think that is just the, when I would, wane in those habits I would be so judgmental of myself that um, that's kind of where Satan put his foot in in the door and like really opened that up to him just having his way with me there for a while hmm. so now so, I wonder Cody yeah, codes. because here's my thing like how, why does that why does being so hard on ourselves 
pointing at, at my me myself. I, I do the same thing, right? That same pattern. I think um, we're a group of four that probably does that. Yeah, I agree, right? And yeah. I think probably everyone experiences that to one degree or another where uh, you just get really frustrated with yourself and you say, gosh, dang it. Like, why can't I just not be in it, like dumb? You know, I just don't want to, I don't want to do that anymore. We, we start to feel like we're defective, right? Like it's us. It's like, like I, I have my values and yet I'm acting contrary to them. Right. Something must be wrong with And me. this has been happening right. for so long. It's a pattern. Yeah. It's a, must be my true behavior. Then you question your values, right? Like, like maybe I do love porn. Yeah. Clearly. Well, what, I mean, what yeah. set that mindset or philosophy up in the first place? Oh man, that's what we've got to. That's what we've got to see the foundation of where that pain came from in the first place. Yeah, because it's very unique to everybody. But man, is it unrealistic expectations? Is it? Yeah, I don't know. it could be. Man, unmet expectations. It could be a lot of different things. But of course, we've got to know for sure that the body and brain very much love comfort, right? And so, what what takes the body and brain out of the the status quo? of addiction is starting to question that starting to see the foundations of why I have that pain in the first place. And so it doesn't want you to do that. It doesn't want you to go get therapy or, or get help or get something get talk to Bishop or parents because man doesn't want the, to end the status quo of addiction and how comfortable and how much of a, a jackpot it's hit with pornography. Hmm. And so, so there's a lot of different things, and Satan's really good at knowing the ins and outs of the physiological, chemical output of our of our body, and so he's he's gonna use just a conglomerate and a, just a just a whole cocktail of chemicals to to really hit each individual and a team to make sure that that individual, especially individuals like us, who are. N- really awesome guys that know the priesthood mm-hmm. know what it means to provide preside and protect and he's going to figure out a system very very significant for us to get us to the point where we where we uh want to uh have that philosophy that it's all on our shoulders because we're so responsible like mm-hmm. that's what it that's what we've been taught so that's not a bad thing but he's going to twist it and make it into his own conglomerate of chemicals. I think we're highlighting a really important um, part of the sense of human program and the, the process we go through. And it's the war between remembering and forgetting, right? Of when we aren't constantly remembering our reasons for fighting and why we value what we value. And oftentimes changing those reasons for fighting too. What I've seen in, in recovery groups is that mm. the fighters that have more specific, more concrete, more tangible reasons for fighting are successful. And the kids who struggle and the men who struggle are the ones who have more kind of nebulous ideas of like, I fight for an eternal family. Like, yeah, that's a good thing. I fight for eternal life. Yeah. Those are good things. Those are great things. But it's not tangible. And then the, the, the ones that say, my cousin is getting married and I want to be in the temple next month for it. That's very attainable. It's very immediate. And there's a, an immediate consequence, too. So as much as there is an opportunity and a blessing, there's also an immediate consequence mm. that has to be faced. And there's an accountability piece, right? We've talked on the show a lot about, like, really yeah, go ahead. I just, also, the agony of accepting 
accepting that this is a fight and that there's it's not a check off the the box fight and so that's what i mean that's so agonizing to the body and brain and that's what that's why it screams every time we we have a have a new goal or have a new system in place to create it uh, oh, uh, inconvenience to the status quo so it, it, if I could give some advice is it accepting the new role as a fighter as a warrior and as a as a very deliberate purposeful I'm, I'm fighting for this like you said like we have to, to make systems aware to our brain and body saying that man this is what I'm fighting for and it's deliberate and it's purposeful so so codes you, you said like it's not a check the box fight could you give an example of what a check the box fight would look like and what the opposite of that is if it's not so well that's why it's so white. that's why it becomes so cyclical cuz you i mean i don't know if you guys have been in times where the veil is very thin but there's distractions there's loss there's things that come in that make the veil, veil very thick gets thicker and thicker until we get to the point where we we slow down and we and uh the boxes just to check, man, okay, I got to do this. They told me I need to do this, but man, I'm not feeling very good. There's an over, overwhelming loom of just like, uh, I'm just withdrawing. I'm withdrawn from, um, I'm having withdrawal systems from this, from this past behavior. And then it starts to hit us. And so that's like the checkoff and it's, it, it's like a cyclical effect. But if we can, if we can get to that level of acceptance that man, no, no, I'm going to do this purposeful and deliberate. Yes, hardship's going to come. Humanity's going to face us. Mortality in our body is so infinite. It's mortality, it's going to, it's going to fail us sometimes. We can't take. We can't judge that. We can't like, like uh, one of the things that, that Hayden has realized. Man, I can't. I can't. Uh, maybe you play into this. Like, why is it so important? to not judge our emotions and and not why is it important to stay away from judging our emotions when they come i think that's a big realization that oh it's been had. huge yeah yeah uh, huge um well i i just think like in general that's been one of the like massive breakthroughs for me uh, especially lately is the emotions that i feel as painful as they are are like part of me being human and so and and that they're there for a purpose. Um, and so, like, I oftentimes will get frustrated when things aren't the exact way that I've planned them to be. And mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, that's been a strength for me. At work, sometimes that's been a strength because I'm, like, very particular. If I don't like something a certain way, um, it's it's going to change like, because I can't, I, I'm not accepting that that thing is that way or in our, in, you right. know, in our, our, our business or in... Um, like I'll give you a funny example. So my wife and I just uh, bought a home, and we uh, we had a, a TV mounted on our wall, and and I wasn't home while it was being mounted, and so I come home, oh and it's like it's oh like it's like oh, that's your statement. It's like it's like one centimeter crooked, and like a couple inches off center. And uh, I I just get home, and I was like Sarah's like, oh, it looks so good, it's great, and I get home, I'm like this TV's crooked I can't like I just drove me crazy I'm like I'm calling like babe I love you but the TV's crooked and she's like no it looks so good I'm like no it's crooked so I like measure it and I'm like proving that it's crooked right 
but that's just one example of like that. Like, no, just, micro, just look at it this way. Yeah. On a micro <laughs> and a macro level of like that perfectionism that's oftentimes mm-hmm. been good. But I've also, so where that has been really hard for me is like, I <laughs> just, life doesn't go your way, like hardly ever. Right. So I, I'll have an experience, um, where, um, uh, I'll, I'll get frustrated about the situation itself. And what's been so helpful for me is just to allow myself to feel the emotions that I feel good or bad and not judge them and just accept them and, and not try to change them. So I have this, I'm sorry if I'm digressing no, here. This is, helpful. Amazing. this is I have this, uh, I, uh, I really love, um, this is also odd. I recognize, but I love putting myself through pain. Okay. So like, that's why one of the reasons I really love the gym because <laughs> I can just sit there on the leg press and, and just like withdraw myself from my body and just be like, man, this thing's like on the fritz. Like it's just like, like watch it kind of freak out, you know, and see how far you can go before it like fails. Um, so I was reading this book and oh, I read several articles on like cold water therapy mm. and how, that kind of resets your mental state and like is really good for your immune system. So I'm like, I'm going to take cold showers every day. So I would take an ice bath if I could, you know? So I'm like, babe, I'm taking cold showers every day. I told my, my, uh, my wife this and I told like all my, all my, um, the guys that work for me this. I'm like, dude, you're crazy. So I started taking these cold showers and I started doing that while I was in a trip in Utah, which the water in Utah is much colder than the water in Dallas right. during the winter. Thank you. And it tastes a lot better too. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to yeah. do this. So like in the shower, turn the shower on. It's like freezing cold water, right? Like hurts so bad. I don't know, like painful hurts. And so I, I, uh, I, I get down. I'm like, okay, that hurt. Like I'm never doing that again. So the next day I'm like, no, I got I have to get through it. So I'm like, I'm going to take a cold shower again. So I get in the, in the shower and I, I just had this thought. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let it hurt. Like, just let it, just let it hurt. This is where the cold shower th- uh, theory comes from. So I get in, I get in and I turn it on, turn the water on and I just let it hurt. But what was so interesting is it hurts so much less when I stopped trying to resist the pain and oh that my gosh <laughs> but that like i think that's like what what i'm also realizing as i'm doing the deep work just in my life in general and like the really hard stuff is that it hurts so much less when i stop trying to resist the emotions that i feel from things that go wrong or from loss or from pain and i just try to withdraw myself and just say you know what how cool is it that i can like feel the emotion of sadness because that just makes when I'm with my wife and my doc <laughs> and, and uh, you know, when I have a really good moment, that just makes it so much sweeter when I'm not like resisting, always resisting the things that like hurt or that are, that are hard, you know? Wow. What have been the rewards that come from accepting that? Like I have to, I have to get away from that resistance. I have to actually receive correction and uh-huh. it's not a bad thing. Um, I feel like I love myself much more, like more than I ever have. I am like very open to accepting when things go wrong in my life and being okay with that. And that it's not your fault. That it's not my fault. That I'm not like it's like, not that you're, falling apart is a natural part that of life. I don't, I'm not. Yeah. To, I'm not to blame. I oh, like. Man. I'm not worthless. Like I'm. I'm not only am I okay, but like that's part of me being a child of God and experiencing the things that like God wants me to in this life. And not only that, that if like the people around me benefit from that so much more because I'm with them, I'm present instead of 
constantly resisting the, the, or the things or potential things that could go wrong, if that makes sense. I know that's like very general, no. but listen, can I just go back really quick yeah, to the yeah. water thing? Cause that, that, that is a beautiful analogy. Cause I was just down in, in Mexico actually. Um, La Tierra did, many cold water, did you serve? Where did you? I served in Mexico City. Yeah. Oh, probably many cold showers for you Dude, in Mexico so City. Many cold <laughs> showers. So many cold showers. So yeah, that's also part of it. I would avoid it though. That's the difference uh, between me and Hayden. Is I was like. Yeah, maybe I'll just go stinky because that just freaking <laughs> sucks, dude. No, no. stinky. Yeah, it's stinky. It's stinky. So this is what happened, though. This was just over Christmas break, and it's just across the border in a place called Rock, Rocky Point. And the water, like you would expect, it's like Mexico. It sounds like it's going to be amazing. The water, the ocean's like freezing, right? Um, and I remember. I remember my, so my nephews, of course, they're just like young boys and they just dive head in and they're like freaking out because it's so cold. And then you see slowly but surely they're all of a sudden just like hanging out in that water. Mm. They're just like enjoying it. It's scout camp, right? It's freaking <laughs> scout camp. And it's, but here's the thing. That is such a beautiful analogy. And I'm thinking, oh man, because as you, you're absolutely right. As you just embrace it, just say, you know what? This hurts. Yeah, this this kind of sucks. But it's not my fault. It's not because well, I did something wrong. And let's break it down a little bit. Why does enduring the hurt, I mean, create happiness? I think it's it's just because it's compared to... I don't want to be masochistic or anything. No, no, no. <laughs> fantastic question. I think that, that pain is pain because it's... Because it's contrasted with comfort, mm -hmm. with what we're used to. Because that's all that comfort really is. It's what we're used to, right? And like I like the, the cold shower analogy too. We're used to taking a hot shower, a warm shower. And so when we put ourselves in opportunities to give us growth and to develop strength, mm -hmm. we may not be used to it. And so there's going to be a level of pain because it's, it's not comfortable. But when you embrace the suck, what, what um, Hayden was talking about, when you really push your limit, like that's not when change is possible, but it's inevitable because you're doing something you've never done before. We're in uncharted territory, so we have to be somewhere new, right? Oh, and it proves gosh. that, oh, it just approves, it proves so much that we are so adaptable and we can take on change if we allow the process of getting to that place or allow the resources to come in to get to that change. Oh, that's such a good point. But, and then in, to contrast that it, when we don't allow it, but we're constantly numbing out the pain with something like an addiction, then right. it's, that's, I feel like why in a lot of sense, my, my growth was stunted. And I think a lot of us that go through, you know, a sexual addiction, I think especially like our growth is stunted because you're constantly foregoing the opportunity to grow and change that's uncomfortable. And, and, you know, you get in the rut of, of just numbing, numbing that out or seeking oh. the pleasure, you know, cause it's avoidance. It's a way to avoid. And the midbrain, as I understand it, there's a legit, that's where your fight or fight, fight, fight or flight, flight or freeze, feed, or read, forget. Right? So that's, that's a flight mechanism. I don't want to deal with that pain. So I'm going to, I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to numb it out with what I've done before, right? With some sort of, whether it's, 
pornography, masturbation. For me, and I said this in, in the couple podcasts before, for me, for the last couple months, it was food. Mm-hmm. It was my way of escaping. Even just for a little bit, if I could just escape from the pain of myself. But what you said, I will say to your question though, Cody, why, what is like the benefit of embracing pain? That's what you said, Hayden, is you said, as I started to embrace or feel the emotion and just be okay with it and it's not my fault, I said, I love myself like I never have before. And why that is, I'm not exactly sure. But I was even thinking, because as I've gone through hard things, I don't know if that's why. I go through a hard thing and I'm like, yeah! Like, Doesn't it, it makes I'm, your story cooler, I'm like, right? yes, that's, and yes, and you love that. You like, have a more epic tale of mortality. Yes. You have a radder story to swap in heaven than oh. you did before, right? So also, yeah. if I could add something, and yes, please, please. maybe Cody, you can tell me if this is right or wrong from a psychological perspective, but I feel like when I'm able, when I'm in a, a place where I can tell myself to do something and I follow through with it, the fact that I do it makes me trust myself. Oh. And so because I, because I, because I trust myself, I become more confident. And maybe that's why, you know, the doctrine and covenants talks about our confidence waxing strong in the presence of the Lord is because, you know, when you do something that someone asks you to do, you're confident around them. And I know when I do the things that I ask myself to do, I become more confident and therefore trust myself and therefore love myself as a, like almost this cyclical thing. It's like a byproduct know? of yeah. I think I, I love that you talked like that whole dependability, that trust factor. Our mm. Heavenly Father loves all of His children. But trust is something that is, is earned. It's not a ubiquitous... Um, unconditional emotion. I think back to when I was growing up, when I was a kid and my parents have always loved me, but I know they didn't always trust me, Mm. you know? And I think it's the same for our heavenly parents with our closest relationships. I know my, my brothers and and my parents love me now and I'd hope that they, they could trust me. And I I try to make good on those things. You guys, you three are all married. Like that's, that's important. Go ahead. coach. Go really, ahead. really, 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 really quick. Sorry, so, so sorry. Better, better speed up. My, <laughs> the best thing, just speaking of trust, and I told Ashley this, my wife, just the other day, said, the thing that matters most to me is your trust. The fact that you can trust me, uh, it means everything to me. And then you think about that for yourself, right? If I can trust myself, Oh, dude, it's so cool. Sorry. So I just had to throw that in there really quick. And I, I'm just going to go right, go back to the adaptability and, the, you know, adapting to the pain levels and actually receiving some, in like, like you feel some type of fulfillment through it. How often in Sons of Helaman or Men of Moroni do we say, do not accommodate the level ones or level twos, right? Why do we do that so much? It's because we do not, man, we don't want to accommodate the status quo of comfort because that just leads right back into the behavior. And so when we can, and man, it is amazing how we can almost reverse the chemical scale to our pot, to the extreme positive. Because when we do, we have, we have very enlightened experiences. We gain more trust. Our spirit is extremely attractive. And we have an experience that becomes the exception. 
mm-hmm. when we fight. We've drilled all these things, and now we have an actual experience when we're in war. We didn't accommodate the level ones or level twos or level threes, and we reversed it. And, and when we're in that uncharted territory, we're doing something we've never done. We're in a growth zone. We're, by definition, uncomfortable. There's pain associated with it. We're so frontal lobe in those moments because we have to be, right? We're, we're very kind of, I don't want to say cautious, but we're in a new environment. You've got to be hands-on. Exactly. Man. All right? hands on deck. It can't, be a, it can't be a passive thing. No. And to the point you made earlier, Wes, I don't know why this came to mind, but is not remembering a proactive, like a, to remember is an actual choice to make Mm -hmm. to forget is something that will just happen to us right like it's a passive experience i was just gonna say really Mm -hmm. quick to the um the point of oh no it was so good oh a question can i ask you cody Mm -hmm. okay do you still do you still Mm -hmm. have time Mm -hmm. that's a off the so i i have this is the first time I've thought about this question in this light, because there is an element of allow yourself to feel emotion, to feel pain. That's okay. It's not me. This is life. This is, this is part of it. Part of my experience. It's beautiful. And I love that. There's also what I, on the flip side of that, there's this, oh no, I'm in a level two. I'm feeling emotional. I'm making decisions emotionally and I have to fight to get out of that. So what's the difference between those two, right? Like, oh, I'm just going to allow myself to be in a level two. Or like, is there a difference between feeling emotion and a level two? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't well, know. Is that... And I, I really believe that you all can speak to that really well because of the training that you've, that you've got around mood battles. But like, and you can, and you can, you know, follow me with whatever I'm saying here, but like... There's so much power in flag pulling those ex- exact experiences. I tell many people like when we can flag pull the exception or we can flag pull the the victory beforehand, man, we we win because we're victorious because we we prepared so wow. much prepared. <laughs> you know? Yes. And so that's that's why I say that's why I push flag pull so much and drilling that it's not a drill just man and if it's accepted with if it's not accepted that you you ought to drill then we're gonna be we're gonna be cyclical we're gonna fall again mm. and, and it's it's just human nature it's just gonna come up and bite us in the butt again and so that's why we just we we reinforce drilling to get to that point where we can because the emotions are going to be so strong in that moment that we do not our body and brain want to go to the status quo of a dick uh, status quo of comfort and so i can't emphasize enough the the power of drilling that exact moment so you're saying voluntarily put yourself in like the, the flagpoles obviously but just the principle of putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation voluntarily yeah allows for when you when life, I guess, involuntarily involuntarily puts you in that uncomfortable situation, um, you're prepared for it rather than letting it happen to you. So you're acting rather than being acted upon. Ooh. Well, how often yeah. are, so you, cool. are you guys getting, I mean, how, how often are we getting hit in the middle of the night 
in a really uncomfortable situation with a whole conglomerate of emotions and chemicals at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> Especially when you become the warriors that we are, we get hit a lot of times at night. And so we have to put ourselves in that position during the day when we're at a level zero, or if we're at a level zero, to Whoa. be able to practice that. Can I say something to like just illustrate an example? So I was talking to Cody about this today, actually. Um, I, so when I travel for work, I'm usually gone from home for a week at a time, and uh, my wife just stays in Dallas, and I'm I'm traveling. And to, in the past, I've just stayed in hotels, but I try to stay with uh, with some of my um, employees that work for me, so that I can be closer to people. But nonetheless, when I right now, I like have my own room, right? So I uh, <laughs> I as I went on the plane I got I arrived to Utah and I just started having cravings like withdrawals it's been a, a good amount of time since I've lost a battle and it, first of all just to illustrate your, your point uh, Wes of really having specific reasons for fighting my reason for fighting this week was because I was going to be on this po- podcast you know Dude, so that was awesome yeah that no was awesome so he was hitting you so hard <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah. Um, right. and obviously my wife as well but um that is just so interesting that like Satan does attack the, us in those moments where we are alone. And the fact that I had been really trying hard to drill, um, and do flagpoles and, you know, take the cold showers and push myself specifically at the gym with that in mind. And, you know, all the other things that I've really been focusing on trying to doing it made it so much easier to not allow myself to go beyond like the, the level one, level two, uh, in the last couple of nights when I've felt withdrawals and like chemical cra- cravings, you know, withdrawals. So that's just been a huge, like, I just want to attest to that, you know, that Dude. the proactively simulating the battle allows you to mm-hmm. win the battle when it comes. It's just like practice with sports, right? Like <laughs> seriously though. Yeah. You, the more, the more Cody just pointed at Hayden's bicep. To <laughs> yeah, they're, they're big. Because that's how big I, they are. I bear okay. witness. They but are yes. Large. <laughs> but like the more accurate we can simulate the scenario, the feelings, mm-hmm. the more readily we'll, we'll, we'll be able to, to answer the, the bell, you know? Interesting. I don't um, know why I just thought about, I mean, sports, but thinking about there's a coach that, uh, oh, I was learning a little bit more about the dream team. We're talking mm. Clyde Drexler, 1992 the 92 Barcelona team, the 92 yeah. team, uh, Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, John, I threw out Carl Malone, John Stockton, cause those are our, our homies here in Utah. Um, Christian Leitner. Oh, MVP. Yeah, correct. Uh, no, but this amazing team and it's funny, Chuck Daly, who is this hall of fame coach had them practice harder than they would play in the game. Like he would put them, and the reason why is because he said, like if you can compete when it doesn't matter, and then it will kick in when it does. Yeah. Dude, that's huge. Okay, okay. can I share an example? Of that? So uh, when I was training to play football, um, right before my freshman year of college, I had a buddy of mine who trained a bunch of NFL players, and he was also on this. He did tons of MMA stuff, and Albuquerque's like an MMA hub for fighters. Oh, interesting! Um, I didn't know lots that. of professional fighters come out of, of Albuquerque, and so he asked me. He comes up to me, he's like, "Dude, you should come train with these guys." I'm like, "I don't know how to like fight." No, he's like, "No, you should come do our conditioning." And I was like, "Oh, nah, I'm no, nah, I'm good." He's like, "No, nah, I dare you." So he dared me, and I went. 
And uh, <laughs> all, all of <laughs> like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, so I went. <laughs> um, but that's one of the things he said. He's like, Hayden, you prepare yourself because we make our conditioning three to four times harder than a fight. Hmm. So, um, and, and he goes, we do it empirically. So like whatever your heart rate is, however long your heart rate is going to be elevated in this certain range, we will make it elevated for that long three to four, three, three to four times longer in our conditioning so that these guys are prepared. And he's like, wow. you have to be ready for that when you go. Anyway, so I thought that was really cool. And it's just what you're saying is like condition yourself so that when the battles come, they're easier than even, you know, the dude. Yeah. Anyway, when, when, awesome. when the time of, when the time of action arrives, the time of preparation has passed. Oh, and of like, course, Wes would have a sick way to say that. Well, you, you said that, didn't you? Like, no, I did not. That was beautiful. I think. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but um, you said something like that when we were talking the other day. Anyway, um, Hayden, before we started recording, you said something about you, you've been listening to some material that you re- that really resonated with you and your your uh, recovery in terms of sacrificing the immediate for the future. Tell us a little bit more about that, if you can. Yeah, so um, I lately what's really been on my mind has been this idea of sacrifice. Like, what is sacrifice? And uh, I was listening to a, a speech by Jordan Peterson that he just put it so, in my mind, it just made so much sense. He said, sacrifice is bargaining. So going to the future and bargaining for what you want in the future and saying, hmm. like, you look at what you want in the future and you say, to get that, I'm willing to give up something now. Um, it's a negotiation. You're negotiating with the future, you're, right? With yourself, yeah. And that can be said revelatory that's not, too. You, you could even oh, say it's huge. You could even say that's an investment as much as it is sacrifice. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, ton. Yeah. And yeah. and that's been huge for me lately because I've I've really been trying to in my mind, like try to proactive, like set aside time in my day to proactively build out what that looks like for me. Um, on the micro level, like, you know, one year from now, five years from now, even in my life in general, and on the macro level, connecting with the Lord to understand what the eternity looks like and what he wants it to look like for me. And I can just like, what's been huge for me in my recovery has been able to understand that when I can see the vision of my future in its truest light with all of the like beauty and glory around an eternal marriage and an eternal family um, and the joys in this life of blessing and serving people and being a pillar for them and loving and ministering in a way that's just so like profound and joyful and, and, and deeply like spiritual and fun. Um, as that picture has gotten really clear for me, that picture of the future, the more clear that it's gotten for me, the easier it's been to give up the momentary pleasure whenever um, a battle has come up on the horizon. It's just been so much easier. So the bigger I can make that picture in my mind, the, the more time I can spend understanding what that looks like and connecting to my Savior to believe that He can help me get there, then the easier it's been to give up the momentary, you know... Um, pleasure or to endure the discomfort dude I don't know why this just came to my mind I wonder if those that are in actual battle at war like thinking about Zane or you know actually being in a war situation if that's what gets them through 
at times. The idea, Revolutionary War, think about the Revolutionary War, and you think about those that were sacrificing their, their lives and their families for this, they're thinking about what this is going to do for their kids, what they're going to do for their kids' kids. Mm, huge. And so you have that vision, but at the same time, yeah, okay, it's hard because you have, the, have to have that vision. You have to like connect with God and say, who am I and what's going to, who do I, who am I going to be? But at the same time, have short, uh, short-term like yeah. things to like fight yeah. for. Digestible, yeah. That interesting that, balance. Yeah, yeah but it, well, that's so cool because the but it, what I think is we're starting with the vision itself. Is, let me add this thought that just came to my mind really fast, and I'm sorry if you have to go soon. But um, I so uh, Cody's got to sign off really quick. Hey, hey. Oh, we love Cody. You're amazing, Dude, man. Thank, thank you so much. much for letting me come on today, man. It's always a pleasure. This was unreal it's Dude. so fun man. Was. it still is please it's still in, continuing please invite me back and you guys oh man I can't wait to hear this one oh, we okay. love you Codes thanks love you, I'm Cody. gonna miss some stuff I know it's it dang it. <laughs> it's okay we'll record it you want me to you're fine yeah we'll keep recording yeah we got you okay sorry did we get you off track on no, that no no you're fine I, I, so I, I used to think like if I can, I have to create this vision like out of, like uh, myself, right? Like I have to create the vision myself, make it strong enough. And then I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't need important masturbation because the vision's so strong. Well, you know what I've been realizing lately that's been so cool is like the more I spend try- time trying to connect with the Lord, the more that vision is not me creating it, but it's God showing me what is real and true. Does that make sense? Whoa. So it's like, I don't it's have to just, come up with this vision myself. Yeah. It's just, I connect with the Lord and he reminds me what oh. is the real vision, what his is. And that vision and his vision, like his, the thing that he wants me to fight for is so much more powerful and motivating than anything else I could come up with on my own. Chills, dude. Chills. I like... That's beautiful. That was beautiful. And, and, and for me, a, I don't know if this could have been any better timing for me personally, Hayden. So I, I really am grateful you're here. I, um, have been thinking a lot about that recently about my future, you know, what should I do? Where do I want my career to go? Da, 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 da. Forget all that crap. You know what I mean? Not that, that it's not real, like that we should be thinking about it, but man, we we allow him to show us, to to connect with him, be close with him, ask him. Uh, obviously, with the idea that we'll continue to move forward regardless of of what we hear back. But like, I just I always have thought, what am I going to do for my career? What was this? Uh, da, 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 da. And and forgetting maybe that key part. It, it's almost naive to think that we have any idea, right? And then when the Lord can show us, it's like, well, why wouldn't I do this every time? This is way better to what you said. This is way better, way more fulfilling, way more meaningful, way more beautiful than I could have ever painted for myself. Is that the know? story of the, the current bush? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Yeah, the man. current bush? I, I yeah, think current bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Is that so Hubie Hub, Brown? Hubie mm-hmm. Brown. Dude, that's what yeah. came to mind, right? Is this idea... Oh, this I'm bush. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm this bush, and I. <laughs> I know what I want you to be. Yeah. Oh. So, kind of allowing the gardener to, to work to his, garden. to garden and to, to work his miracle, because, I and and. Thinking recently about, where I am now, there's no way I'm even here without 
him and his yeah. constant help even through the through the dark times same one thing i love that I've, that um just you know life-changing services and men and and um has really helped me with understanding is like after running a flagpole after doing a drill that key component of like thanking the Lord for the wherewithal to even be able to do it or for the strength and the power to even be able to do it. And just realizing that like any good idea that I have or any like strength that I have or health or ability to endure, or even like, you know, the love of, I don't know, anything that is cool to me in my life. Like all of that is, as is a result of, blessings from my heavenly father and his love, his mercy, his love and his mercy, because (sighs) just like knowing myself, the so many times I felt that I was not worthy of that or that how could someone like even love like this person that I am after I just did this. Um, being able to kind of see as the veil is thin that like he was there all along. That's just been really powerful. Thanks, Hayden. That it's so much bigger than pornography, masturbation. Like he just sees, he sees Hayden for what you truly are which is a wonderful, good son of his that he loves and he supports and he cheers. And he says, he says, are you kidding? Of course my love and like, and my mercy are still there, you know, and and that, and I think last week Weston read the, the words of, of, uh, I stand all amazed, right? Mm, Yes. And that yes, just came back again, right? I stand all amazed, like, how, right? To our mind, it doesn't make sense that someone could love this. Or, like, that they could be, yeah, dude, it's a whole other level. Um, guys, this has been amazing. Like, what? Hayden, thank, thank you, you so awesome. much. Thank that you. was un be leaveable. What, what you said reminded me of, of something that we hear in, in Isaiah and also in, in second Nephi as we read through the Isaiah verses. But, um, the verses for all this, meaning like all the myriad sins that the, the Israelites have had committed in the Nephites for all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. And I love how that, example of the Lord mm. teaches us of like be intolerant of sin but the atonement always ransoms us it's always there always has been and mm. so it goes back to what Spence's question was earlier of like how do we delineate between you know being at a level two and just allowing to live with feelings feelings are important like I think sometimes we we de- dehumanize God but in a way we de-godify ourselves when we deprive our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ the opportunity to feel to have emotions that might be negative like anger or or rage or sadness and sorrow how could we connect with them they didn't feel those things but the difference between them is that our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ make their decisions and live their lives and act on values 
and on principles. We're allowed and we should feel the gamut of human emotion and godly emotion. But we need to make our decisions not based on how we're feeling at a given time, but on what we truly value and what our North Star is for our guiding principles. And so, Hayden, we, we ask, we always ask, or Spence is, he's got his piano fingers up. What are we doing here? I just, it, how would we, how would we, because there's been so much juice in this episode. I'm wondering, how would you guys, really quick, both of you, how would you summarize, like, What, what are our key takeaways? Yeah, what are t- key takeaways? Because this has been amazing. For me? I'm like, unreal. I would say, embrace the suck. Take cold showers. Do hard things because I do hard things. Right? What would you say, Hayden? Uh... Oh man, there's just been there's just been a lot of cool th- like uh, things that have come to my mind, and like I feel like the just the spirit's been really impactful. Um, my takeaway from just what I've felt today has been what like whatever level we're at in our life, whether we're to the point where you know we love taking cold showers, or we're we're at the lowest of lows where it doesn't even seem like we'll be able to go a day without um, falling into Satan's traps at any of those, whatever spectrum of that scale we're on. um, We're enough for we're enough. And so long as we have the desire to turn to the Lord and be honest with him about where we're at and where we would like to be. uh, He is mighty to save us from those situations. I know we, we didn't really even talk about that, but that's just been the thing. I think all this culminates to me in that point. It's like wherever we're at in our life, like the Lord is ready and willing to help us get to the next level, even whether it's in recovery or in our careers or mm-hmm. in our church service, in our ministry, in our marriage, um, in our relationships, like, he is not only willing, but ready and capable to help us get to that next level. I'm really glad I asked because that was both of you. Oh man. What was yours? What are your takeaways? So, cause like you said, there's so many individual points that we've gone, like gone through. I, I, I can't even believe how many principles that are taught within sons of Helaman or men's men of Moroni that we've touched on today. You know, remembering the war between remembering, forgetting drills, uh, you know, the, the little things, knowing the true enemy, knowing the true enemy, having a, having a vision, like knowing your why behind the fight, but then having immediate, you know, there's so many, so many things. Uh, if I had to say one thing, I think it would be along the lines of what Hayden said is we can do this. Like we can do this and it's not, not because of us, but because of, of Jesus Christ. Um, I was thinking about him and him feeling emotion Oh man, that's powerful, like right? That concept, isn't that cool? Like, 
there was a t- I, I can't remember if it was right after John was killed that he it says that he goes to a mountain like a faraway place to like kind of separate because he's sad and f- feeling down and the people follow him right because they are just like we just love this guy so just even the fact that he's like ah oh, I just this is someone I care about that he's sorrowful that he feels and understands us because he's been through that. I mean, it's beautiful. He's not just some nebulous, like... Not a wooden character. Right. Right? God that, like, doesn't understand us. He was us. Like, he he experienced mortality like we do. below all things. That's so... I just, like, so grateful uh, for him. Yeah. So that's uh, a lot of thoughts, but... That... Hayden, we have one last question to ask you. Why do you fight, brother? Uh, I love that question. Um, <clears throat> so on a micro level, like the day-to-day, right now, I'm fighting because in, what is it, three days, I'm going to fly home to my wife. Mm. And in three days, I am going to get off the plane and walk into the baggage claim and she's because she doesn't like picking me up on the curb she likes like coming inside and seeing me and like giving me a hug let's go like you're coming off the mission she'll she'll bring she'll actually bring my dog in and they'll both sit there and wait for me and so So in three days i'm gonna get off the plane and i'm um gonna open those doors and Mm -hmm. look at my wife and she's gonna look back at someone who uh is clean and a righteous priesthood holder that's why I fight right now, like literally today. Um, and I fight on the macro level, my lo- like long-term vision, because, you know, three, five, ten years from now, I'm the husband that comes home and walks through the door, and and I see in, her, in my wife's eyes um, someone who's proud to be married to a man who is... Uh, is worthy and righteous and fights for her to keep our family safe and protected and free from the evils um, that are all around us. Someone who feels confident and protected in my, in my arms and in our home. And um, I fight to make her proud to be married to me in that way. Uh, I fight to be a friend to the mostly the guys that I love that struggle with addiction and with shortcomings and the loss like I have because I absolutely love the feeling of being relied on in that way the joy of that and you guys you know experience Mm -hmm. it doing this podcast but the joy of that is like I'm coming to learn again and be and remember again that that's um there's almost nothing better for me so yeah on the micro level I fight for in three days from now, that experience of <laughs> my wife being proud of me in that way. And then, you know, on that macro level, I fight to, for her to be proud of me and for everything that, that goes into that and to her being proud of me and to being able to be relied on and to being a spiritual strength for my family and my friends and my children. Um, and I fight for, just those beautiful moments of feeling close to God and feeling, you know, like Cody talked about when the veil is thin. I've just had a couple really just neat experiences lately of 
just feeling him just speak to me so softly. And I know that when I, when I win and I'm fighting, those moments are the most precious moments to me. They're better than any, you know, work or sports victory or anything else that is of this world. And so, um, yeah, that's why I fight. Love you, Hayden. Thanks for being here. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. I, uh, you've helped at least one warrior today. I'll make it two. Dude, seriously, (laughs) I like can't thank you enough. And we thank everybody out there in listener land for listening too. Guys, it's possible. Yes. It's so possible. Make the step and the change that you need to now. Visit lifechangingservices.org. Give us a holler at podcast at lifechangingservices.org. Yeah, call Cody. We're in it together. Right? I mean, that's what this guy did. Yep. Gosh. It's like, pick up the phone as hard as that may be. Let that be the cold shower. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let that be the freaking, oh, this is going to hurt. It's uncomfortable, but I know it's going to it's gonna pay off. And it will. Because it has. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. We love you guys. See you next week. Next week.